You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am your host, Matt Wilson, and today I am here with Amanda Goolsby. And Amanda has some really exciting things that she wants to talk about today. She is an executive coach, business consultant, fitness professional, and, of course, world traveler, which is a great fit for the things we talk about here on the Live Different podcast. And she's committed to helping driven, high-achieving leaders reach aligned success. And that is the brand uh, that she runs with aligned success and that focuses of course on all of the aspects of life or maybe not all of them but pretty well-rounded health career and life in general so amanda welcome i'm excited to finally get to chat yeah thanks so much for having me no you're you're very welcome Uh, i know you have a a very interesting story you had a uh, you're one of the, as I understand, one of the original people at Orange Theory, the, the fitness brand. Is that correct? Yeah, I, was, I started in Arizona in 2012. And so the first studio opened in 2010. But at the time when I started, there were somewhere right around 10 studios open, maybe 15 in the country. And so, yeah, I was one of the first employees in a brand that we didn't at the time know if it was going to end up being successful um, and has now become the fastest growing franchise in history. Wow, that's that's crazy. And why why do you think that is? I, I'm curious. I don't know much about Orange Theory. Uh, as I understand, it is uh, kind of hit training, the high the high intensity interval training. Uh, but I don't know much more about it. As well, I don't know if there's one in Costa Rica, or at least not in my <laughs> little town. But uh, could you tell me more about it? I'm curious what type of training they actually focus on. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when I was working for Orange Theory Fitness, we try to consolidate what it is into a quick 30 seconds and keep it simple. So Orange Theory Fitness is a one hour full body workout. Each workout focuses on training endurance, strength and power. Everyone in classes is actually connected to a heart rate monitor system and your results are projected up onto large studio monitors. So throughout the class, both you and the fitness instructor that's leading your class, they're able to make sure that you're not overtraining or undertraining throughout that session. So it is in a group setting, but you're getting that individualized attention as you have your heart rate up on the screen. Okay, and, and so that tracks your, your heart rate and then there's a record of it where you can go <clears throat> back and see that? Yeah, exactly. So throughout class, it's tracking you. At the end of class, Um, kind of an aggregate results pop up on the screen. And then those get sent to your phone at the end of class. So you're able to look back at your data. And I'd say that when you look at the fitness industry, that's probably one of the reasons why Orange Theory has taken such a big piece of the market share is that the technology piece of the brand has really gone above and beyond what anyone else in the fitness industry has been doing. Interesting. And do they they quantify anything else or or just heart rate or how uh, I'm trying to get a gauge of how important heart rate uh, actually is and what else you can what else you can learn that okay so if you went to a a CrossFit class for example Mm -hmm. and you wore your own heart rate monitor you could probably see the same thing are there other differentiation yeah definitely so you know in the class itself it's based on strength training, indoor water rowing, and then the treadmill interval. 
interval training or bike interval training, depending on what, where you're at, what you, um, which you, what you choose. So, you know, I would say there's definitely some additional areas that you can measure from. And the coaches do a great job of kind of giving some baselines throughout the year where there might be a week where you kind of do some measurement tests to see where you're at from a fitness level, a baseline, and then you can, you can see progress over time. Okay, excellent. And then how did, I'm curious how that translates into the type of fitness that you now teach out on your own. Yeah. So, you know, Orange Theory was so fun to be a part of the brand for, I was with them for five and a half years. And so during that time from April of 2012 until July of 2017, I had the opportunity to travel all around the globe for Orange Theory. I opened and helped open and helped facilitate right around 50 locations between the U.S. and the U.K. And so living in eight different states and two countries in a period of five and a half years, I got to see a lot. Uh, and I also got to learn a lot about like my own body and what felt best for me. And it's interesting that you asked that question because actually just yesterday I had this realization. I went and took... <laughs> I went and took a, a spin class, like a super high intensity spin class yesterday morning. And I've personally switched my program to being about three days a week of hot yoga and then two days a week of upper body strength training with maybe some moderate intensity cardio. But I have a pretty, pretty bad knee um, from my knee injury in 2010. And so I just, what I realized yesterday, I was like, man, for five and a half years, I when I play during the day from a work perspective, I'm at this energy level. <laughs> I'm this crazy all day. And then I was exercising at that level. And I was always wondering why I felt like I was on this, literally on the ledge of burnout. And then yesterday it kind of hit me because I was taking the spin class and I'm like, man, I feel bad. Like this does not feel good to me. And I really think the reason why is I play full out during my working day and if I continue to play full out high intensity during that exercise, it's like I'm not giving my body really what it needs from a, an exercise perspective. And so that was a pretty big uh, realization for me yesterday. I'm like, I think that it's actually better that I don't exercise as intensely for my body um, because I do play so intensely throughout the day. That's a really, really good point, and I think one that we should stress a little bit here with the readers. I want to get into your story a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper, but first, I, I do want to dive into that concept because so many Type A personalities, people probably who are listening to this, who are interested in <laughs> personal development podcasts and uh, fitness and their health and all that, we often get tricked into thinking that we need to just go and go all out and mm -hmm. especially the entrepreneur types you know the types who go and uh decide that Absolutely. they're gonna work crazy hours and take overnight flights and show up somewhere and do a presentation and they're mm. then they're gonna book a you know a trip to go and hike <laughs> the inca trail and you know put themselves at high altitude and really that, that rest and that recovery is never, is never allotted for and people burn themselves out. And we were actually talking offline uh, before the call about how important it is to, you know, if we're going to play all out in 
business uh, and in the office and our days in general, just doing fun stuff. And I fall into this trap all the time. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, uh, you know, I, I have a, uh, first I'm going to be, I'm going to Las Vegas and then I'm going to squeeze in a little trip to the Grand Canyon. And then I'm going to come back to Austin <laughs> and visit my family in New York. And then I got to try to see all my friends and family in New York and, <laughs> But I got to get some workouts in. And if you keep, plus, by the way, I got a job, you know, I have a, I have a work to no, do. I know. That really and can I, burn I, you out. Totally, totally. And, you know, what it, it totally shows how the level of self awareness that we have can totally shift how we perform in our life. Because if you are just constantly running at that level all the time, I mean, exactly what you just explained is my life for the next 30 days. So in the next 30 days, I just did some math yesterday. I'm going to be on a plane in air 40 hours between now and January 3rd. So 40 hours in flight between now and January 3rd. And like you said, we try to do all of these things and be everything for everyone. And my trip to Africa that I just took like about a month ago, I tried some biohacking um, stuff before going to see how different it would affect my energy. And man, like the the difference in by taking care of myself completely the day leading into the trip, I was able to show up, land, drive nine hours over a two-day period, and then be fully charged and ready to get on stage and serve in front of 300 girls because I took care of myself. And had I not done all the prep work leading into the trip, I don't think I would have shown up as my best self when I landed in Africa after 50 hours of travel. That's, that's amazing. And I, I like how that you said you wanted to get on stage and surf and that you wanted to be there and be your best self. So uh, I know it might be a little bit digression of a digression from where we were going, but can we hear some of your biohacking, your, your jet lag tips, what you did to be <laughs> yes. able to, uh, to take care of yourself? Yes. So I have come up, this has just been through trial and error because last, last year I was working in London and Portland, Oregon. So I was literally running a team of, let's call it 200 people between the West coast of the United States to the East coast of the United States and then to London. And so you're dealing with that time difference of eight to nine hours and an 11 to 12 hour direct flight back and forth. And so as I began that process, I was like so worried. I mean, to me, energy is more important than intelligence. If you don't have energy, you don't have anything. So I was so worried about my energy that as soon as I started really thinking about the process of me traveling back and forth to London, I said to my boss, I'm like, I'm going to study everything there is to know about jet lag. I'm going to look into all research that I can find to improve this process because I was going to have to do two weeks on, two weeks off. We were talking about going back and forth that much. And so I just started doing some research. And the first thing that I found um, is a company out of Australia. And I don't know if you've heard of him, Matt. I saw him actually at um, Dave Asprey's at the um, Bulletproof conference. They happened to be there. But I bought these like um, over a year ago. They're called the Retimers. Have you heard of them? Uh, I've heard of products like this. Is this the kind okay. of internet in your ear or in your uh, um, nose? In your eyes. Charger? Oh, it's in your eyes, this yeah. one. Okay. And so they're like goggles that you put on. And my friends call me like the Hulk face because it turns your whole face like green. Um, but they're kind of just these gla 
like glasses or framed glasses that have light shining down. And so really what you're doing by wearing them is you plug into their system when you're going to be traveling, where you're traveling to, and then it tells you a schedule leading up to your travel as to when to wear them. And really what the lighting is doing is it's gently adjusting your circadian, your natural circadian rhythm so that when you get to that place that you're going, you're closer to that time frame than you would be if you, you know, didn't, didn't make that adjustment. So that was the first thing that I bought and used our item. And I still, I still, to this day, um, are, I'm using that when I do these big, you know, let's call it, Oh, anything over three hours difference from a travel perspective, um, time zone perspective. But on this last Africa trip, the, the, <laughs> it was, it was just really testing, you know, what, what, what would make the biggest difference. And I've tried a few of these things separately before. But I was like, I'm going to go all in on this trip. So I did a full day of work. I started at 6 a.m. with a 60-minute hot yoga class. And then I did a 10 a.m. massage. But it was what's called a no-hands massage, which is a, a massage therapy that's out of, um, out of the U.K. And just randomly, my friend said, you should check it out. See if there's one in Portland, which is where I'm based. And literally the only woman in the United States that certified happened to be across the river in Vancouver, 20 minutes away and got me in 24 hours later. She's like, yeah, you can come to my house. I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. So I did this no hands massage. You'll have to check that out. Nohandsmassage.com. It's pretty interesting. And then that was at 10 at one o'clock. I went to a professional like fitness trainer and I had them do an hour of myofascial release and assisted stretching to just open up my whole body, you know, open up all the kind of energy meridians of my body. And then at four o'clock, I had a mobile IV come to my house and I got a full bag of fluids because the number one reason why you are jet lagged is because you're dehydrated. And so I thought, okay, well, if I can get a, a full bag of fluids in and keep my self-care practice on the, on the flight, on all this travel, because I think I had five legs to Africa on the way there. And I thought, okay, if I can at least go in with really good energy, um, you know, I should be good. And <laughs> I think that the South African airline flight attendants probably wish that I hadn't done all those things <laughs> because I ended up just being in the galley talking to them for like the whole 13 hour flight. So we're all friends now. We all message each other on WhatsApp. Um, but, <laughs> but that was my, that was really my prep experience going into it. And I had never, never done all of those things together, but I'll tell you what, anytime, Time that I do an international like that, that's that big and is as important for me to land and be ready to be on, I'm going to make sure that I do that again because it just made such a big difference. Wow. Okay. I, I'm impressed, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, how does one order a, a IV drip to come to their house and inject <laughs> them? You literally just search in almost all major cities there are mobile IVs. Now you would think of them in Vegas and Miami, they have them because people use them for partying, but the same thing at the biohacking summit, you know, at the bulletproof summit, they had them there as well. And so, um, you know, anyone that's a registered nurse that is in a big city can, they've opened up a business called here in Portland, it's called good IV. And they just, you kind of select what you want. You build your own like cocktail bag and they show up at your house, vitamins, glutathione, just kind of whatever you need for, for what you're trying to achieve. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, very interesting. And hopefully we'll be able to gather up some links and 
put these on the show notes on under30experiences.com. Uh, Ahmed, I wanted to, to take a step back for a second because uh, when you go to your webpage, there is a nice uh, Hi, I'm Amanda section. And then when you click Get Amanda's Full Story here, it says something to the effect of, if you want the whole story, you're going to have to or wait around or something like that. So now I'm intrigued. So could you tell us a little bit more of your story, please? Sure, absolutely. So, yes, the uh, the full story is coming soon. You know, um, where I like to start my story just so that it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour is on July 24th, 2010. I was a senior in college, about to start my senior year in college at Washington State University. And at the time, I was studying exercise science. I was a personal trainer. I was teaching group fitness classes at the student rec center, bartending on the weekends, and had just gotten back from two weeks in Europe by myself the month before. And we were out on a team building day having fun on the Snake River. It was warm. Um, the you know warm air was blowing. We were just hanging out by the river all day, and we were riding wave runners. And I grew up just you know right around the Portland area, and so I grew up riding wave runners my whole life. So I was pretty confident on them, um, maybe even a little bit too confident. And the last ride of the night, I had a passenger climb on the back, and he's like, you know, throw me off, throw me off. And you know, like Matt, have you ever been on a wave runner where you can turn them really fast and it kind of like whips the back end? And you might be able to toss someone off, yeah? So I did that. I threw him off twice. And then he got back on a third time and held onto my life jacket. And I remember, like, literally turning my head around, looking at him and being like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, you know, that means that if you fly off now that you're holding on to me, I'm flying off with you. And we we both just kind of chuckled. And then, sure enough, I accelerated one more time pretty fast, whipped those handlebars again, we both went flying and my knee got caught on the edge of the seat. And as that would not, I don't think have been that big of a deal, but because of the impact and just that centrifugal force of our bodies, I was like a rock just like skipping across the top of the water. And when I landed, I remember reaching down and grabbing my left leg and just being like, wow, like I broke my leg. I broke my leg. And being a fitness person, all of a sudden, you're like laying in the water having these like flashing thoughts about everything about your whole life is now come crumbling down, right? Like you're like holding on to your leg thinking, what the hell is my life going to be? And to, to kind of fast forward the story, I get into the ER. They tell me, oh, you're fine. We'll probably discharge you later. You just have a dislocated kneecap. And then I'm like, no, I'm seriously not fine. Like I know my body. I like study this. I'm like, there's something seriously wrong. And so they said, okay, we'll do a CT scan. CT scan comes back and they said, yeah, um, it's a little bit worse than we had thought. Your helicopter is going to be here in five minutes. And we're life lighting you to the closest vascular hospital. Because you actually tore all four ligaments in your knee and you severed the popliteal artery. So if we don't get you into a mass, you know, emergency vascular surgery within an hour, it's highly likely that you're going to lose your leg. Oh, my God. And at 21 years old, when you've built an identity fully around one thing, and that's your body and fitness, and then at the blink of an eye, that is taken away from you, 
it really can cause some waves. So I ended up being in the hospital there in Spokane, Washington for two full months. So basically it felt like, to be honest, it felt like being in prison. I remember that whole first month just looking outside. I didn't even get to go outside and breathe fresh air for four weeks. Just looking outside being like, man, what, like what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? I, I, I kept my leg. They, you know, they didn't have to amputate my leg, but I'm like, what's my life going to be about? I'm like, am I going to walk again? Am I going to be like a normal, you know, you know, 21 year old again? And, and it was a struggle. I mean, the physical pain. Yeah. But just that mental and emotional strain that came after the accident and those months after and just the depression and it just, it was rough. It was seriously like some of the toughest time uh, times of my life. Now, to some people, you know, okay, well, you're in a wheelchair. I was in a wheelchair walker for basically six months. And during that time, I thought, okay, you know, I, I know I knew I was strong enough to be like, I, I know I'll walk again. Like, I'm determined to walk again. While at the same point, having that whole, like, loss of identity, I really started to make some horrible life choices. Like, horrible life choices. So I got into an abusive relationship, used drugs, used ecstasy for the first time on New Year's of 2010 to 11. But if you can't tell by my personality, I'm someone who goes like 110% in anything that I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so by the end of that month, I was actually hustling about a half ounce of ecstasy a weekend out of the nightclubs in Portland in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. And my whole life had gone from running a business, being in fitness, being in college, to being in an abusive relationship and selling drugs fast spiral in a period of about six months. And that lasted for the, the better part of 2011 until I started to become stronger and just regain my, my inner strength as I began to work out again. And finally, it got to the point where the relationship got physically abusive. And that was kind of my breaking point where I said, okay, I'm out. Like, I, <laughs> I'll put up with a lot. But the day the bed got through on me, I was like, okay, I'm out. So I legit packed up everything I owned in my car, in my little Ford Focus, and I, and I drove to Phoenix. And I didn't, I drove to Phoenix because I was just like, where is the sun shining? Because I'm so sick and tired of the Portland rain. And ended up in Phoenix and four years, four months later after getting to Phoenix, um, having gone through all of that in a period of about 18 months, I applied for a job and interviewed for the job and got hired as an assistant studio manager at Orange Theory Fitness. And that day literally was one of those days that just changed my life forever because by getting into the organization, I then was led to a mentor who gave me a book on leadership and said, you should start doing personal development. I would highly suggest you study leadership if you're going to be successful in this company. And that has put me on this just massive path of five years of, you know, out of anyone I know, like, and I'm not saying this is out of everyone, but I've not owned a TV in six years. I've worked and not been in a relationship. So 250 books, give or take, $50,000 I've spent on coaching in the last five years, high performance coaching and executive coaching, because what I found was every time I invested in myself, I got a raise. So I was like, this is a fun game. Invest 10,000, get a $20,000 raise, invest 10,000, get a $20,000 raise. I'm like, this is actually working out pretty well for me. And so I, I just kept doing it. And you know, in 2014, 
I, uh, I had been with Orange Theory for about two years and had gotten a couple of visas, and I was ready to start traveling the world again. And so I got online and I searched travel companies and under 30 experiences popped up. And I was like, wait a second, what is this all about? This looks awesome. So I actually signed up for the Starter Costa Rica trip uh, in the fall of 2014. And I traveled to Costa Rica with the group. Um, missed my flight out of Kansas City, which meant I missed my um, shuttle once I landed, which meant I had to take a taxi to get to you, <laughs> to get to everyone. But it was an amazing experience. And it was one of those, you know, just, it was one of the, it was the first big trip that I had taken since the accident and since kind of turning my life around. And, you know, Matt, I'm so grateful for your company and, and for that experience because it, again, just it, in a place where I needed my vision to be expanded of what was possible for my life, it did that for me. And, you know, I remember talking with Jen and Caesar, and they were just such amazing, loving, kind people. And um, it really just was such a great experience. And I truly believe that it, it propelled me between 2014 when I went on the trip to when I left Orange Theory in 2017. I mean, I think I was running like maybe uh, one to two million dollars in business in 2014, like overseeing that. And then when I resigned, I was running about 20 million dollars in business in that three year period. Wow, Amanda, that's that's really that's amazing to hear. I'm uh, I'm really grateful that you you shared that with me. I had no idea. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I know that you had stayed in, you've stayed involved with the community, and Jen has told me that you had a great story, and uh, Caesar has <laughs> has always spoken highly of you as well. No. Uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't realize uh, fully that impact. So yeah, thank you for. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I wanted to actually go back to something that you said right in the beginning when you started your story, uh, when you first got hurt and you realized that your entire life and your entire identity was tied mm -hmm. to fitness, was tied to your mm -hmm. physical body. And you said, well, hell, without that leg, uh, what's mm -hmm. left of me? And so could you, uh, I, I'm just curious uh it sounds like maybe you've examined um your attachment to that identity and uh your ego a little bit and what that might uh, have said about you at that time and totally. uh, yeah could you could you talk a little bit about that if that's something that you've explored in your life yeah absolutely um it was powerful i mean just the realization over the period of the, the time that followed, I actually have, you know what, this reminds me, I'm going to have to share this at some point. I have a video of me literally the night before I interviewed at Orange Theory, and I just did a little vlog. I don't know why. And I'm filming myself. I'm bawling my eyes out. It was like that low moment in life where you just, you know, you're like, what the hell? And I said, man, you know what I realized today? I realized that all, all the decisions I've made since the day the accident happened, the sex and the drugs and the alcohol and the self-abuse and all of the shit, all of this came because the day that the accident happened was the day that I quit loving myself. Wow. And, when, and when you talk about identity and you ask about that identity piece, I think that so often, and this goes for everyone in the world, we typically are putting our identity and we, who we are into the wrong places. And I'll give you some examples. 
I know a lot of people that put, place their identity in their possessions. So I am what I have. Meaning, if I have a big car and a big house and, and a nice boat, then I am an amazing human, right? Other people, they put their identity in their work or what they do. And that was me. I was like, I am a fitness professional. I am a personal trainer. I am a bodybuilder. I am a lean, you know, shredded, you know, fitness model. So everything that I am, those I am statements, your identity statements, we're all wrapped around something that can be taken away. All of those things can be taken away. Possessions can be taken away. Your, you know, your work and what you do or your, you know, identity and, and, and that, that can be taken away if an accident happens. Um, you know, other people, they, they wrap their identity up in pleasure in certain ways, um, different types. And so as I've really started to evaluate, man, how did this strong, you know, independent, business owner at 18 to 21, how did that person, how did their life just come crumbling down? Like what happened there? I've kind of removed myself from the story, taken that like outsider's perspective and tried to evaluate things that way. And I continue to do that in my life, even to this day. And so as I've gone through this process, I'm like, man, in anything that I do, I need to be really mindful about where I'm placing my identity in this world. Because if I'm placing my identity in something that can be taken away from me, then I'm standing on pretty shaky ground. Because if that thing gets taken away, then what? Do I just go back to doing drugs again? And it's a scary, a scary thought if you don't continue to keep that level of self-awareness. Well, that, that's really interesting. And it's something that I've thought about quite a bit as I uh, developed more of an awareness about my own ego and what does this, uh, what does both the good times and the bad times say about me and whether, you know, over the last 10 years, whether it was uh, different relationships or how my mm -hmm. business was doing or anything like that, those are things that if you're really attached to them, you will truly ride the highs and lows of life. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to do my best to, as you said, uh, step outside of that for a second. And, uh, you know, yoga and, and meditation, of course, teaches that specifically, but you can kind of step outside of yourself and say, okay, you're just watching it like a third party, mm -hmm. as, as you mentioned. Um, but I, I'm curious how people can detach from that and what they can learn, what they can learn about themselves because, you know, it's no fun to, it's, yeah, it's not fun to, sure, it might be fun to ride the highs, but mm -hmm. then you can, then you can come crashing down, you know, what goes up must come down at, at some point. Yeah. And so I, do you have any practices? Uh, of course you can watch it, but what else can you do to be able to kind of detach from, from that ego? I'm curious. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think it's different for everyone. I think really figuring out a consistent for me, everything in my life and the way that I've created this, uh, this level of efficiency is by testing and then seeing what works and applying and reapplying. And so what I would encourage people to do is it's about first trying just something consistently to see, does that like, is that making an effect or a change. And so one thing that I would encourage people to do is I would write the question, who am I on a piece of paper? And then to start writing, 
let's like do a meditation, right? Who am I? And then just start free writing and see what comes up. Because if you continue to, if your first, who am I statement is I am a personal trainer. I am a brother. I am a friend. You know, what, what are these statements that are coming up for you um, about your identity and, and even like your worth of like who, what, what your worth in the world and what your value is? Because again, it's that attachment. Like you said, if you're attaching yourself to these things that are, that could possibly be taken away from you, it's just shaky ground. And so the more clear you can get with that question of who am I and the, the way that I found it to be beneficial. I mean, I literally wrote that like last, like three or four days ago, I had it in my journal. And then like eight days before that, anytime that I'm feeling a slight just shift internally, even if it's like uncomfortable feeling, um, maybe it's, a, it's been a change in career recently. I just continue to write that question. Like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? So that I can continue to affirm who I am is not what I have. Who I am is not what I do so that, you know, if, if what I'm doing right now, if for some reason I, I, you know, I failed completely that I realize that I'm not a failure. The business might've failed, but that doesn't mean I'm a failure because that's not who I am. That's not a who I am statement. I don't say who am I? I'm a failure. That's not what I write ever. Right. No, none of us would write that hopefully. (laughs) Um, and so that's been my practice is just journaling on a consistent basis on that single question and then continuing to deepen the level of that as I've become kind of more conscious and I continue to read and I continue to grow and I continue to contribute to the world. As I've gone through this process, it, it does have different layers to it. And, you know, my authentic self, I think, also is coming out more and more because I I for for a long time felt like I needed to put on this like face of what success was and look a certain way. And that's like my personality type is kind of that performer and that driven high performer. Um, And recently, like in the last 60 days through doing some coaching, as I've made this transition, I've really had to come through some like tough breakdowns and breakthroughs and learn to just show up like, my Instagram stories now, man, I'm like silly as can be. And 90 days ago to 120 days ago when I was still with Orange Theory and I was living this image of success, you know, driving a BMW and living in a million dollar condo in London and deep inside standing on my balcony at seven o'clock in the morning being like, is this it? This is success. So I don't have time to give back. I have no deep relationships. I've been single for six years is this it? I'm building someone else's dream. Is this what I really, truly want in my life? And that was a big, big, big shift for me. Cause I was like, no, it's not, this is not aligned. It's it might be success to someone, but this is not success to me. Wow. Uh, Amanda, thank you for, for sharing. And uh, I'm curious when you do that exercise, it, it would be amazing to hear when you write down, who am I? What do you write? Mm-hmm. Mm, such a good question. That's a good question. So some of my who am I statements is I say, who am I? I say, first, I am, I am love. And what that means to me is I am the love of everyone that I come in contact with. I'm in a place of being willing to constantly give and receive love. Another I am statement, I just say I'm valued. 
And to me, that means that I'm valued by not what my body looks like. I'm just valued by purely by being a human. I have value in this world and I don't need a red BMW to show my value in the world. I just am valued. And, and so those are two that have really, you know, and the third one would be, I am worthy and I am worthy of all the abundance that is in the world. I'm worthy of all the love that's in this world. And so think about just the shift of I am my job and I am my car and I am the clothes I wear to I am loved, I am valued, I am worthy. That's quite a shift. And if you internalize that on a consistent basis, you show up so much differently in the world. Yeah, and, and yeah, that repetition leads to actually believing it. And I, I bet at first when you wrote those things down, and I've done similar exercises, you might not really believe it. And you might mm -hmm. have to kind of say it, even though you don't know it's true, but keep repeating <laughs> it. And, you know, as they say, write it on your mirror and uh, mm -hmm. try to become that. But if... If that's the language that you use in your life, then you'll become more attracted to that type of living that type of lifestyle or really becoming those values. Uh, so I'm really happy to hear that. And, you know, you hear so many. We all know people who have uh, put their values, at, as you said, as a personal trainer, and then you got hurt and couldn't train anymore. Or even it's, it's sad to say, but people who, uh, let's say, first thing that they write is I'm a great husband or I'm a great wife. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden they lose their spouse somehow, who knows, freak accident, divorce or whatever. All of a sudden their identity is completely stripped away from them. Or, you know, hey, look, you are a, a, a great employee or you have this great business. And then all of a sudden the company downsizes. And if that's your, if that's your identity, Forget it. And it's hard to get wrapped up, especially with the amount of time that we spend working or the amount of time, if you're an athlete, that, that you spend training. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really gr glad you brought that up today, Amanda. Yeah, for sure. And I think you, you did a great job illuminating just those different things that we can associate with. And if that's someone that's listening to this, I, I would just encourage you to just become more aware. That's it. Just become more aware of what you're connecting your identity to. And is it something that can be taken away? Even a mom. Like think about how many moms put their entire identity into being a mom. And then as soon as their kids are out of their house, they're like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what my life is about. Sure. Right? So take the time, no matter what stage you're at, like give yourself 10 minutes of reflection every Sunday a practice. I mean, all of this, in my opinion, comes down to habits and routines. If you can create a consistent habit and routine, whether it's an alarm in your phone or it's the same time every week, if you can create a consistent habit and routine of checking in on that I am statement, it's less likely to get away from you. That, that's great, Amanda. And uh, I'd love to ask you about your habits and routines. I know that you've mentioned some crazy ones like bags of IVs coming before international flights. Uh, but if you wouldn't mind sharing a, a few that the audience might, uh, that you found the most value for yourself that other people that are attainable for other people to, 
to go out and do. Would you mind sharing a couple? It doesn't matter in what capacity they are. Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. So, you know, studying high performance has been where I've put a, a lot of my attention in the past three to four years. I've, um, I've invested $30,000 to study with Bredin Burchard and in different capacities. And he's the number one high performance coach in the world, you know, training people like Usher and Oprah. And so I continue to invest in that high performance training and coaching because I see the shifts that it makes. And so my very first executive coach and, and high performance coach that I hired is named Charlie. And Charlie and I, you know, we sit down and we go through our, our sessions. And although, you know, I said I love energy and like energy to me is is so important. So I'm gonna share one of my favorite energy um, hacks that I think or you know or habits that I think can be really powerful is no matter what type of a job or a career or you know entrepreneurial journey you're on, when you sit down to do work and you actually are like getting into work mode, whatever that looks like for you, is in order to maintain that sustained level of high energy over time throughout the day, um, one of the habits that I've learned from you know Brendan and Charlie is to set an alarm on your phone for every 50 minutes, five zero, and then stand up go outside, go for a walk, do some like stretching, maybe some vinyasa flow, do some breath work like breath scaling. And if you don't have never heard of breath scaling, just search that on YouTube and see what comes up. But do something to re-oxygenate your body and to re-energize your body without using caffeine or a stimulant, just by using what is powerful like within yourself. And then sit down, turn on that timer again, turn your phone off, keep it away from you. So you're not getting distracted and then boom, just crush another 50 minutes of work. That's awesome. Yeah. Taking those breaks is, is so important. Uh, Amanda, yeah, this, this stuff is really valuable. You want to do a couple rapid fire questions? What do you think? Sure. Let's do it. All right. I want to know, uh, what the last nonfiction book you read was. The last nonfiction book that I read was, it's yes. called Contagious. Okay. Contagious. Have you heard of that? Uh, it sounds familiar. I can't remember the name of the author, uh, but it's all about how brands become like so well known that they're contagious brands. Like you can't help but spread them. And what's really intriguing to me is that I've actually not really studied branding too much from like a marketing and branding perspective. Although I've been in this massive growth of a brand, I've seen it happen. And so what, what, what I think is interesting is I've learned it. And then I'm like, man, I'm reading this book. And I'm like, man, this is how I've developed my current brand, Aligned Success. It's because I just kind of mimicked what I saw happening in Orange Theory, you know. And I didn't really know what all of those <laughs> little components were, per se. But I kind of was like, well, that worked. Make sure you have a hashtag. Make sure you have a mission, vision, value statement, you know. And so I thought that was uh, pretty, pretty interesting, that book, Contagious. Okay, cool. And we'll try to look that up and get the author and put those in the show notes as well. Uh, Amanda, could you tell us where the last place that you traveled to internationally was? Yeah, the Malawi. That was when I went to Africa. And that um, I just got back about, I don't know, a month ago or so. And the reason that that project is so interesting, I actually founded the school, all-girls secondary school in um, in Malawi. And it's the largest 
all-girls secondary school in the country. And when I went there, I mean, for one, I didn't have time for contribution when I was in Orange Theory or I didn't make time for it. And so as soon as I resigned, I knew that that was a piece of my life that was missing just from a fulfillment perspective and giving back and, and feeling like I was making a difference in the world. And uh, so I got the opportunity to go on this trip, which was powerful. I mean, probably it was the it was the best trip of my life. And there was no five star hotels, no five star restaurants. It was just me showing up in a way that these 300 girls had never experienced before. And then having this like deep sense of gratitude from them for what I taught them while I was there that I was like, oh, my gosh, like I want to come back to this place. And um, so I'm already we're talking today or tomorrow to figure out when we can go back. But it it impacted me so much, Matt, that I've actually connected fully with the brand and I've committed that every out of every dollar that my business earns moving forward. I'm going to donate 10% of that back to Malawi and that's un- uncapped, you know, no matter what I'm making, that is going to, that's going to be my consistent contribution that I'm giving back. And because I, what I saw is, man, like I grew up on welfare in a trailer park in the United States. Like I was poor by us standards. But when I saw what I experienced there, I was like, man, I was the richest kid in school. Had I grown up in Malawi? Wow. That's that really puts things in perspective when you travel. Mm, so much of a perspective shift, and so with the with my brand and the the, the online community that I'm going to be launching, uh, one of the things I'm super stoked about, and I think you'll jam on this, is I'm going to do an application process every fall, where 20 people will get the opportunity to apply and go to the school and the, the neighboring all boys school, 10 girls, 10 guys. And we're just going to go serve for seven to 10 days. And so anyone that's in my community will have access to apply for that and get the opportunity to go and have that same perspective shift that I did. Because I'll tell you what, like I've never in my life, in everything I was doing in Orange Theory, I've never been so on fire to make money in my life. And not for the sake of making money for money's sake, because I really could give care less about how much money I make. But when you see that and you realize the impact that like $10,000 has on a community like that, man, it's powerful for how you produce in the world. That's awesome, Amanda. All right, we'll keep it, we'll keep it rapid fire. Uh, your, last, your last workout that you did, and I want to preface it as this is a workout that Amanda did. It does not, it is not a recommendation for everybody else in the world, but I would love to yeah. hear what Amanda did, her last workout. Yes. So this morning I did a 15 minute vinyasa flow on my like uh, carpet in my living room because yesterday I did that crazy high intensity um, class. And so I knew that today with pretty low sleep last night, actually really low sleep, um, I could have pushed through, done some intensity this morning, but I've become more mindful. And so I knew, hey, a big stretch, open up my body and then just get into my day is what I needed this morning. Awesome. And I can revise that and say, we do, we will both now say that we do recommend that vinyasa for just about anybody (laughs) who's healthy. I I think, Amanda, you would, you would agree. I I wanted to ask you now, final rapid fire question. What's the last thing that you did to relax? 
Oh, oh, did I, stu- I did home. I stump you? Okay, no, good. You, you got an know. answer. <laughs> good. I'm glad. So last night when I got home, I had a pretty crazy day yesterday. I think I started like producing around 4 a.m. And then by the time I got done with late night business meetings and helping a friend out with his business, I got home around nine and um, I went home, put on my swimsuit, went to the top floor of my building where there's uh, some community spaces and I did some uh, spa action. So I sat in the hot tub and sat in the sauna for about 25 minutes and read my book and just chilled and didn't talk to anyone and then went wound down for the night. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Amanda, I wanted to, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask you uh, offline, you, you and I were talking and you said that you have a specific set of goal setting uh, things that you do every single year and since the New Year's is coming up, I'd love if you could share a little bit more about that program that you lay out for yourself and what other people can learn. Totally. It has been the biggest, I would say, game changer in how I function in my year and therefore how I produce and what I accomplish in the year. And it's kind of been a an aggregate of a lot of different you know, people's programs that I've done and different types of things. And I've kind of created my own framework around it so that I, you know, what felt good for me. And so the four part framework, I'm actually going to be teaching. um, I'm going to be in London on New Year's. uh, Well, actually, I'll probably be in Paris on New Year's Eve. And so I may be in Paris teaching this, but I'm going to do a three hour like live um, broadcast from there and teach this whole program. But really the first step is reflection. I start by reflecting on the entire year. I look at every photo I took in the year. I look at, I read every journal entry I, I, I wrote in the year. I look at every day in my calendar in the year. I just reflect on anything and experience and work and everything that happened in the past 365. So that's the first step is I focus on that reflection. Um, and, and then I really look at evaluation. So what I mean by that is, so where, where am I at now? Like, how would I rate myself in all of these different, I, I, I break it down into seven areas. In these seven areas of my life, where am I on a scale of one to 10? And do some self-evaluation. And so those are the first two steps in the four-part process that I use. But if anyone wants to join that, it's going to be a free training that'll kick off um, at 11 a.m. Pacific time on New Year's Day. So it's a cool way to just like kick off your year in a really positive way. But I mean, you have to understand, I went from like selling drugs to running a $20 million organization in five years, paid off $80,000 in debt, traveled to Bali for a month, traveled to Costa Rica for three weeks. You know, all these things that happened in my life were intentional. They didn't just, I didn't just go from point A to point B without being strategic and doing some of this strategic planning at the start of each year and at the start of each month and at the start of each week. Damn, Amanda, I, and I love the first exercise that you laid out for us just to go through your calendar and, and look at all the things that you've done and look at all the pictures that you've taken. I actually use my pictures as a really good gauge. If I look in my camera roll on my iPhone and I haven't taken many pictures recently, mm-hmm. something's up. I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. I think my life's been a little boring <laughs> these last uh, couple weeks or so whatever. True. And it's you know, it's a, it's a good indicator. So uh, that's awesome. Amanda, so uh, w- of course, again, we're going to link all this stuff up for people, but where can they find more about you, if they, especially if they want to reach out and connect? 
Yeah, definitely. There's a few places. Uh, I also have a podcast. It's called Align Success. So you can definitely take a take a look. It just kicked off about um, a week or so ago. I had my first big launch party in Portland. So four episodes are live on the Align Success podcast on Instagram. I'm at Amanda Goolsby Coaching. And on Facebook, you can find myself or my business page at Amanda Goolsby. And, you know, on my website as well, at Amanda Goolsby or at Align Success. So if you're interested and you want to be on that, you know, the New Year's Day webinar, just make sure that you get onto my website and put your, you know, your name and your email in. Um, get onto my email list because I'll be sending out an invite right, you know, right after Christmas so that people have a link and can get on that free training for, you know, probably end up being about a three hour training on New Year's Day. And if people don't get the chance to watch it, um, you know, there will be some options for replay and stuff like that. So people can, um, if they, they miss it, but they've registered, they'll get the opportunity to rewatch. Sounds good, Amanda. Well, we appreciate the invitation and uh, all that you shared with us today. This has been awesome. Oh, thanks for having me. It's so fun. And, you know, I hope that in the future, now that I have a little bit more time freedom and I'm going to be able to travel um, quite a bit more, I would say, in these next couple of years, that I can jump back on a, another U30X trip with you and bring some friends along and show them what the U30X community is all about. Sounds like a plan, Amanda. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that past episode. If you are looking to put these things into practice, I invite you to come next July to Peru and Machu Picchu with me and my girlfriend, Luz Garcia, a 1,500-hour registered yoga teacher for an amazing retreat that we are putting on. Uh, if you would like more information, check out under30experiences.com and find Yoga and Peru. We would love to connect with you further. We have some amazing community events coming up on under30experiences.com. And no, uh, you don't just have to be under 30 years of age. We are an inclusive community rather than an exclusive co community. And finally, if you are on the same mission as I am, I would love if you shared this episode with a friend, a friend who needs it, if you can support uh, this podcast, that would mean a whole lot to me. Share it, subscribe, leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I would love if you even did it just a little justice and give it a like on our new YouTube channel. Those type of things go a long way uh, in helping other people find great content that is going to help them live happier, healthier lives. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me, feel free to email me. Give me some feedback, matt at under30experiences.com or hit me up on social media, Matt Wilson TV on just about any social platform. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.